This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. The Large Nerdron Collider podcast is a production of iHeartRadio. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Large Nerdron Collider, the podcast that's all about the geeky things happening in the world around us and how very excited we are about them. I'm Ariel Kasten, and with me, as always, is Jonathan Strickland. I tried to come up with something creepy, but everything seemed too mean. I was going to go with candy this time, like, because instead of going with the horror thing, but then I... Candy corn, Jonathan Strickland. But see, the the phrase that first popped into my head was good and plenty, and I was like, no... (laughs) No, that's not good. Candy corny. Candy corny is better than good and plenty. <laughs> I mean, I have gained a lot of weight in the sugar pandemic. daddy. No. Sugar daddy also not great, <laughs> right? Sugar daddy also not great. Sweet tart. Okay, well now you're g- making judgments about my own like Jonathan, Mike, and Ike Strickland. <laughs> You've got so many names. <laughs> Yeah, I guess lick aid also not great. Yeah, there's, <laughs> yeah, and it turns out those candy nicknames, they're just not for me. Well, how are you, Ariel? I'm doing great. I'm actually a little bit hyped up on Halloween candy right now. We bought some Nerds candy corn at Target the other day. I think I just got sick in my head 14 times in a row. It's like candy corn shaped jelly beans that are tart. They taste like nerd jelly beans, but they're shaped like candy corn. That's that's really everything you're saying is filling me with horror. Uh, But you know what? (laughs) I shouldn't have asked. Instead, I should have asked this question because I've got a question for you. (laughs) 
All right, we're closing out the spoopy season, which I know is very sad news for some of our listeners, some of our friends, too, because they love the spoopy season so much. So my final spoopy question for you for for this season is what's a horror movie monster or character you would hate to encounter? Uh, and probably why? A, probably a mummy or a zombie. And the reason why is because they always have like bugs associated with them. And while when I was a child, I loved bugs, for some reason that love has turned into hate as an adult. Um, and they creep me out. Fair enough. So, so also, like, there's this really old science fiction movie about these giant praying mantises. Them. Them, yes. Uh, so I would not want to encounter them either. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just, uh, ah, I had a praying mantis attack me the other day, and it just gave me horrible flashbacks. Uh, <laughs> pre- we had rescued it from my cats, and I think it was gaining vengeance on them by gotcha. attacking me. Presumably it was not a giant one. No, it was a little brown one, but big enough, big enough to scare the snookers out of me. What about you, Jonathan? Uh, I would say that uh, Michael Myers, the the monstrous uh, slasher killer in the Halloween series, because as the series shows us, Michael Myers is essentially a force of evil. He doesn't have any motivation beyond killing people. That's it. Like there's no way to reason with him. Uh, there's apparently no way to kill him because he keeps coming <laughs> back. Uh, you can't really outrun him because he's one of those horror movies. Like there's that great, I don't know if you've seen it, but the great video of a couple of people showing how uh, movie slashers like Michael Myers are able to sneak up on people and keep up with them even as they run away. Mm-hmm. And every time the yeah. camera pans off, they're just r- r- hauling tail as fast as they can down the road and then like gasping for breath and then bringing it together just as the victim comes around the corner. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, Michael Myers uh, and a close second would be Mike Myers, the star of the Austin Powers movies. Um <laughs> Because he uses the same three jokes in all of his movies, and that's terrifying to me. You know, that's super interesting to me because when you said monsters, I, well, I certainly think like Michael Myers or Freddy Krueger or Candyman or, uh, or, you know, Leatherface or whomever are all certainly monstrous. Like my brain went, those are people. They're just really horrible people. And a lot of them have supernatural forces too, but my brain was like, I can't count them. No, that's, that's, that's um, fair. I did say, I did say character, but I kind of sl- snuck that in after monster. Cause I said monster well, or character. It's just interesting. Cause we're going to open all of that up. Then yeah, like all of them, all of them is my answer. <laughs> I mean, that's fair, but yeah, it was more like, let's, let's name one and explain the reasoning, but we're going yes. to now segue into some news for this week. We've got a few stories. We actually had a lot of stories, but we, we narrowed it down. And one of the pieces of news we have is uh, Star Wars related, which is that we have learned that um, that Anakin is coming on back for the Ahsoka series. And by Anakin, he means Hayden Christensen, because there were a couple of Anakins in the series. Um, yeah, not not what's his face, the little kid, <laughs> not the little kid. No, the the older one. Yeah, he we knew he was going to be in Obi-Wan, but now he's going to be in. Soka as well. Uh, I probably mispronounced that. I still don't know how to say her name. Um, but yeah, we don't know in what 
form he's going to be coming back. Right. Slash film Slash film is like, maybe he'll be there as Anakin because, yeah, timelines are weird. Well, <laughs> it's because the series we assume is going to be set. In fact, we know it's going to be set around the same time as The Mandalorian because we had her show up in The Mandalorian. That is set after the events of Return of the Jedi, where, spoiler alert, if you haven't watched a movie that came out in, like, 1983, uh, Darth Vader's dead <laughs> by the end of Return of the Jedi. So yes. presumably Anakin would be toast. Um, and so the idea is that, you know, he might be a force ghost or it might be that we see flashbacks to her past. And that's when we get, you know, get some uh, Christensen uh, uh, action in there. I yeah. don't know. I was about to say, if you were a force user, once you're dead, that's not the end of it. You always come back as a force ghost. Unless you're a good one. Unless you're Qui-Gon Jinn. Unless you're Qui-Gon Jinn. Uh, although he might have come back in the last movie. I don't know, because I still haven't, haven't seen it. So there's, spoiler for anybody who hasn't seen the last one, there's like a montage of voices, and I believe his voice is one of them. Yeah. So, so that's as close as we get to a, a Jedi ghost version of Qui-Gon. Yeah. Yeah, you don't get to to see one. Anyhow, I know that that story might be a little scary for some people who did not like the prequels, like Jonathan. But we have another story that might also be a little scary, which is that Sony has added two mystery Marvel movies to its queue. Yes, and these do not include the ones that have already been announced, like Craven the Hunter and Morbius. Which I forgot about. Yeah. Which I also forgot about. Oh, well, Morbius Morbius was the one who... They've already introduced Morbius yeah. in a... a We've got a trailer. Yeah. Well, he, and, and he was kind of alluded to in a previous Sony movie. But mm -hmm. yeah, so we don't know what these are. Maybe they will be Sony-centric Spider-Man films. Maybe they'll be more Venom films. Probably at least one will be a Venom film because Venom has proven that they can... Uh, go that route uh, and not have to mm -hmm. worry about dealing with Marvel because Sony has the rights to that character right now. So we'll have to wait and see. I mean, this also reminds us that, of course, Disney still has some unannounced Marvel titles like they have placeholders yeah. for Marvel films that have not been announced officially. We assume one of them is Fantastic Four. They have hinted at that, but we have not had mm -hmm. confirmation. So yeah, it looks like um the we're we're not we're not going to be running short on Marvel content anytime soon. No, I I wonder if one of the new ones for Sony is Black Cat because I know that they had been talking about her a while ago pre-pandemic, I believe. Maybe and giving her her own standalone. I mean, uh, if it's done well, I'm more than happy to check it out. Like I've liked mm -hmm. the Spider-Man films, and those have been Sony yeah. films. I mean, they've had collaboration with Marvel, but you know, the, and I liked the first Venom. I still haven't, I still haven't seen it. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. just one of those things where I was like, it, it didn't grab me. None of the, I've never liked the character Venom ever. Like mm -hmm. I, I remember when the Venom character was introduced in the comics, I've never liked Venom. So that was part of it. It's just that I have a bias against Venom. It has, you know, the, the quality of the movie could be fantastic, I just don't care about the character. So that's why I never bothered to see it. Well, do you care about the DC character Firefly? I did not know that such a character existed until we decided <laughs> to cover this story. So Brendan Fraser is going to play Firefly in the HBO Max 
that girl movie, which we talked about, I think last week or the week before, one of those two, whenever we were talking about fandom, we touched on it briefly. Yes. Um, so yeah, so he's a pyromaniac and he's a criminal. As and about, that's, I was about to say like his, his superpower is arson. <laughs> yes. And according to the Mary Sue, he's not been on the big screen. However, he was in Arrow. I remember when that character showed up in Arrow. Arrow surprisingly introduced me to a lot more DC villains than I had previously had in my like mental Rolodex. Yeah. Well, when it comes to DC villains, I mostly know Batman's rogues gallery and that's about it. Mm -hmm. And, and Batman's rogues gallery runs deep y'all like, You've got the ones that everyone knows, right? Penguin, Riddler, Joker, obviously, though Catwoman. These are all like the ones that everyone knows because they've been used not just in the comics, but in other media versions of Batman. But then you start getting into some of the stuff where I guess more recent audiences are more familiar with them because they've shown up in video games and stuff. So like Calendar Man and Zaz and uh, characters like that, those have come up a little bit more frequently and because they are in other forms of media besides the comic books, people are familiar with them, but I had never heard of firefly before seeing this story. I am mostly, well, you see it's a story about space uh, cowboys. No, I'm <laughs> yeah, right. Brendan Fraser leaf on the wind. Watch how he soars. No, uh, You know, he's going to die. They kill their DC villains all the time. Uh, <laughs> but I will say that I am excited to see Brendan Fraser playing a villain that I think will be interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, he plays, he plays robot man. Who's like an anti-hero. Yeah. He's not so much a villain as he is kind of a selfish, not always selfish, but frequently a selfish jerk. Yeah. But I, I don't think he's not really a villain in that mm-hmm. he's anti-hero is probably a better way of describing him. He, he's heavily flawed. But uh, but he's not like outright, you know, trying to wreak havoc and and sow mayhem and stuff. But, yeah, I'm excited to see it because I I think it'll be interesting to see, especially an actor who is as beloved as Brendan Fraser. You know, his Mm -hmm. his uh, his sort of career renaissance has come with it. An incredible groundswell of fan support. It'll be interesting to see him play a bad guy. Yes, I agree. I am. I am one of those fans. I really like Brendan Fraser. I think he's a great actor and he seems like a nice dude. I've not met him, but he seems like he's a nice dude. Uh, So we have one more story we want to briefly touch on before our break, uh, which is that Dune came out. Uh, It's doing really well in the theaters Mm -hmm. and they've announced a sequel uh, for tentatively October 20th, 2023. Which is good because as I understand it, and I have yet to see Dune. I know you've seen it, Ariel, but I haven't mm-hmm. seen it yet. As I understand it, the current movie ends midway through the first book, and I've heard it described as a fairly abrupt ending. I don't know if that's the case. So, like, I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to say this without, like, giving spoilers to anybody. First of all, you know, if you have not read Dune or watched the previous uh, miniseries, I will say that the first like third of the new Dune movie is going to be hard to follow. They do eventually tie up all of the little strings they put forward, but it's going to take a bit for you to make sense of everything because it's a slow noir movie moving kind of feel to it. Mm-hmm. But that being said, the yeah, it 
It's interesting because I felt like it was an abrupt stop in the movie. I I've came out of Dune. First of all, I loved it, but I like the book, and it's a fairly, fairly truthful adaptation of it. It ends at a place in the book where kind of the focus on the characters changes. Uh, so, like, my husband's reading through Dune, and he he stopped right about the place where this movie stops because he said maybe 10 pages later because he's like, it feels like the story has just changed focus entirely, and it's all about all these new characters. Mm. So from that aspect, from somebody who's not a longstanding fan of Dune, you know, maybe it's a good stopping place. But that being said, I didn't feel like there was a good tie-up to the end of the story. It was just kind of the characters walking off into the sunset at that point. I don't think that spoils too much. And yeah, 2023 is... For me, it's fine because I'm familiar with the story and I'll go watch the second half and I'll probably watch the first half again before watching the second half. But for people who are newer to Dune or not like as it's not as ingrained in their memory, like that is a long time to wait for a story that was only half a story. Yeah. And didn't even leave you on a cliffhanger. Yeah. (laughs) Like it's. Maybe sometime we'll have to have a conversation about the different approaches to sequels, like sequels that are almost like a, uh, an episodic kind of sequel mm-hmm. where like the Indiana Jones movies, each of the Indiana Jones movies is a standalone film. And mm-hmm. while they might reference things from previous films, it's not a continuation of the story. So you don't have to have seen any of the others to see any individual one and enjoy it, except for Crystal Skull, which is terrible. But then same with James Bond, for the most part. I mean, there are also some things that connect various James Bond films together, but mostly they're independent. And then you get things like Back to the Future 2 and Back to the Future 3, which directly tied to one another. Mm-hmm. Um, and in those cases, it's pretty common for, the, or like the Lord of the Rings movies, in those cases, it's common for studios to go in all all in and just make both at the same time. And then mm-hmm. that way they're, you know, one can be released while the other one's still in post-production, but then you have like a year separating the two, not two yeah. years. So this is a long time to wait to find out what happens at the rest of the story. Uh, Leaving the theater, I'm like, I understand why it's been a miniseries in the past instead of a movie, because I'm happy to wait till next week. Two years seems a long time to continue to care about these characters, if I did not already. Mm -hmm. Um, But they did warn us at the beginning of the movie, it starts off with a little subtitle that says part one. And unlike the Snyder cut of the Justice League, it doesn't go through four of those. It just goes through the one. Otherwise, I enjoyed it, but I like Dune, so. Excellent. Well, it has a thumbs up from Ariel and a I haven't seen it yet from Jonathan, who plans on watching it someday. All right. Well, (laughs) we're going to go and take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about horror movies and what makes a good bad horror movie, as well as a couple of uh, trailers that might promise to be kind of a maybe a good bad horror movie. We'll have to find out, but we'll be back after this break. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. 
You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com iHeart. That's LifeLock.com iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. So I want to say, Jonathan, mm-hmm. when I looked at our lineup and the stories that you had added to it, I was like, dang, he added two horror movie trailers and I'm going to have to watch them <laughs> and I'm going to be so scared. But it turns out that wasn't the case. They're both, at least premisely wise, really interesting trailers that I enjoyed. Yeah. Uh, the two movies that I added because the trailers came out the day we're recording this, which is uh, on Tuesday, the 26th was uh, black Friday, which is a zombie film set during black Friday, the Friday after Thanksgiving, where all the stores open up their door busting deals and, and crowds of people crowd in to try <laughs> and get a bargain uh, in this case, it's a it's a group of people working in a toy store and the crowd wanting to barge in turns into a a, a riot of zombies. Yes, um, that's not a spoiler. It's in the trailer. The hilarious thing is I was watching the beginning of the trailer and I said, man, this feels a little bit like the reboot of Evil Dead when they rebooted it on stars, the TV show with Bruce Campbell. And then and Bruce then- Campbell shows up. 
and then Bruce Campbell shows up, not as his character from The Evil Dead, not as Ash, but no, he he's he's playing apparently the manager of the store, and he, at least in the trailer, is coming across as sort of the gosh golly gee whiz happy let's go out there and sell toys kind of character, almost a little Pollyanna ish. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's you know it looks like a funny movie. It looks like a gory. So actually, it didn't look all that gory from the trailer to me. Yeah. But it's a zombie movie, so and it's got Bruce Campbell attached to it. So I expect there will be gore. Yeah, uh, we already know one of the characters doesn't make it because that was in the trailer too, where mm-hmm. where they introduced a character and a second later in the trailer, that character is a zombie. And you're like, well, no mystery about what happens to the new guy. Um And then the second trailer that I added was for a movie called Unwelcome, which I put in parentheses next to the the, the trailer, a fairy horror movie, as in as in a a fairy like brownies and elves and pixies. Mm -hmm. In this case, red caps. caps. Yeah. And uh, the, the film shows a young couple who have inherited a manor house in England And it comes with one little catch and the catch isn't the classic. You have to spend the night (laughs) a whole night here and then you your fortune is yours. No, it's there is a little door in the garden and um, like there's a little door that's in the wall in the garden and you are to leave a blood offering every single day to satiate the red caps that live behind the door or else they'll take what is owed to them. And um uh, I was talking to Ariel before the, the show started about how I found the trailer a little um, like I, I like the premise because I, mm-hmm. I like I like the idea of, you know, the dark stories about fairies. I like those a lot. Yeah. Uh, I find those really interesting. The trailer didn't work for me because it felt a little too choppy. It felt a little too disjointed. Yet I was seeing the same sort of thing over and over. And yeah. also I found it confusing that you have two different threats in the uh, movie as the trailer unfolds, there's the threat of the locals who all, for some reason, resent the young couple. And you have the threat of the red caps themselves. And, um, I'm like, ah, this one, this, this is something that should appeal to me based on the subject matter. And it didn't quite work. Yeah. I I mean, I, I like the subject matter as well. So the first LARP I actually played or NPC'd, uh, one of one of the creatures boards that would come out were red caps, um, and they were a lot of fun to play. You know, they we'd go and we'd beat up PCs and then dip our caps in their blood. Um, I know it sounds really dark, but we were villains. Come on, people. Um, yeah, there's Ariel, the seven foot tall fairy. I'm not seven foot tall. I'm five ten on a good day. Well, uh, sometimes I wear heels when LARPing, so I can be a lot taller. <laughs> but I haven't done that in a while. Um, that being said, I turned on this trailer after he said fairy. I'm like, okay, I've got to watch it. It's like I've watched Pan's Labyrinth. That was a, a good fairy horror. It's amazing. Yes. And I was like, okay, this movie instantly has me. It has Hannah John Kamen, who was Ava slash the ghost in Ant-Man and Wasp. Uh, it has Cole Meany, who was shoot, o- O'Brien in Star O'Brien. Trek Next Generation. Yeah. And then it's got Christian Nairn, who was uh, Hodor. Uh, so instantly, just this automatic like cast of sci-fi fantasy, fantasy like I-, I think hard hitters. And then yeah, it it never quite 
hook got to the hook quite far enough. It's like they walked up to the hook of the movie and then stepped away. Um, instead of just showing you a little bit of that hook to get you interested in, in, in seeing further. That being said, I thought the locals were probably like, it made sense to me that the locals were maybe working for the red caps and therefore that's why they did not like the new couple. Oh, maybe, but there's a sequence in there where it seems that the red caps are specifically grabbing one of the locals and dragging mm-hmm. him off into the forest. So I, I think, I think I would have liked it more if they had focused more on the red caps in the trailer and that the locals thing, yeah, it can unfold in a movie, but in a trailer where you're, you know, you're trying to sell me on the movie with mm-hmm. the trailer, that's the whole purpose. Uh, and this one felt like it, again, it was a little too disjointed for me. Now it may turn out that the movie itself is brilliant and it's just a bad trailer that can happen. Yeah. It was interesting to me because I expected the, like the little glimpses they did give us of the red caps of the villains. I expected it to be more fantastical and it felt like a very like cut and dry, normal intruder horror movie whenever they did show us the red cap glimpses. Well, before the break, I had alluded to the fact that we were going to talk about uh, uh, like bad, bad, but entertaining horror movies. And uh, I'm curious, Ariel, are there any, movies you consider as being not good, but entertaining that are in the horror genre for you? Um, yes, I am almost ashamed to say, well, I've, I've said like Dylan dog dead of night. It's not really, really a horror. It's a noir, but it's got, you know, monsters in it. Um, Dagon. Um, Oh, the HP Lovecraft inspired movie. Yeah. It's not good. D A G O N. It is a dumb, dumb, bad movie with mediocre effects. Uh, I, I, For the record, I want to say that I actually think of that as a good movie, but okay. Really? <laughs> I do. I do. I, well, because Lovecraft is almost impossible to film because mm-hmm. by the nature of weird fiction, Lovecraft was like, he could never describe anything because it would drive you crazy. Mm-hmm. So, um, so it makes it very hard to film something Lovecraftian and to get that sort of weird horror sense across. And I thought considering the constraints on budget and uh, effects and everything that that was a pretty admirable attempt. I I mean, I, I agree with that. It just like when I'm like, Oh, we're watching bad movies. I'm going to make my friends watch this one. Cause they haven't. And it, it's always a crowd pleaser. So that's a, fair. A, like I said, a good, bad movie. Another one, although some people just think this is good and other people argue that it's not horror is tremors. See now, first of all, okay. That's tremors is horror. Tremors is horror. Super scary to me. <laughs> tremors. Tremors is almost a perfect movie. It is almost a perfect movie. It is. Mm. Not that I'm saying that it's the best film ever made, but rather it sets out to be a certain kind of entertaining and it succeeds almost a hundred percent in that. And so not saying like it's the best movie ever made, but rather you can tell what the intent was of the filmmakers and they, they attained the goal that they set out to make. And not every movie does that. Like I'm talking like even big budget movies, you can go and you're like, well, I see what they were going for but they didn't, Mm -hmm. they didn't land it. They didn't stick the landing tremors Mm -hmm. sticks that landing. (laughs) I, so, I mean, I would agree with you and I was excited when we had the hope of a tremors TV show, although we don't anymore, uh, especially when they like released that little clip from it. But I guess, I guess for me, it's, it's, you know, is it a 
big budget blockbuster horror movie, those tend to appeal to me less, maybe because I watched my first ones when I was like in fifth grade and <laughs> against my parents' better better wishes, I did. And like it was it was Candyman and it was Freddy Krueger and it scared the snot out of me. And I just I don't like those big budgets, but like B level horror movies, there's just enough and, and Tremors, I don't know if it counts as a, a B-level horror movie, but it, there's just enough kitschiness in it that I can divorce myself from it enough to enjoy it. I mean, it's it's got some camp in it, and that makes mm. it really fun. So for me, like, one of the movies I thought of, and I actually tried watching it recently, uh, and it does not hold up in, in upon re-watching, but as a kid, I loved it, which was House 2. So the first house movie is a kind of a straightforward horror ghost movie. House two is a horror comedy film and has no connection whatsoever to the first house. I'm guessing that maybe they branded it as house two after the fact. I don't know why they would, because I don't think house was that big of a, a hit, but um, uh, I tried watching it recently. And like I said, it does not hold up well, but it is a pretty... It's a pretty bad movie at the time when I was a kid. It entertained me as an adult. Uh, I'm, it's a cop out to say this, but Troll 2. Troll I was, 2. I was, I was about to say, like, House 2 sounds similar in concept to Troll 2, where they just well, well, divorced see, completely. House 2. Well, yeah. Well, Troll 2 was not has no connection whatsoever to the first Troll movie, which I still think of as a as a pretty decent horror film. The first Troll film is a fairly decent horror film. And one that I would put into a category with stuff like Gremlins and Krampus, the kind of horror movies that a like a preteen or teenager might watch. And that's what kind of gets them interested in the horror genre, because that's how it happened with me. But um, Troll 2 is just a, a glorious mess. But there's no point in talking about it because there was a whole documentary made about it, you know, like. Mm-hmm. That whole thing is documented. So if you are, if you haven't seen Troll 2, it is worth getting a group together to watch just so you can occasionally say, wait, what? Um, it's the exact same reaction I had when I saw one of Ariel's favorite movies. Which is? Well, I'll hold up a thing and see if you can figure it out. Oh, The Room. Yeah, yeah that's, 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 that <laughs> is tell, horrific. You have to tell them what I held up. He held up a plastic spoon, which if you go to see a, like a, a group setting viewing of the room, or if you're at a very generous friend's house, um, on one of the tables, they have a framed picture of a spoon. No explanation. There's so much in that movie that defies explanation. Again, I'm not recommending it. It's not a good movie. Do not watch it alone. You will not make it. But uh, you have to watch it with friends who already know. But uh, whenever you'd go to the live showing, much like Rocky Horror, you would interact with the movie and the audience. So whenever they showed the framed picture of the spoon, people would show throw plastic spoons towards the front of the theater. You always want to sit in the back of the theater or you can get pelted in the back of the head with plastic spoons. You don't think they're going to hurt as much as they do. Um, (laughs) But um, it is a fun experience. That being said, when you're talking about Troll and Troll 2, I realized something. What's that? I've seen those, but I cannot pull out what happens in those from what happens in Ernest Scared Stupid, which is another (laughs) really bad horror movie that I enjoyed. Well, I haven't watched it in a long time. It it was funny because I watched troll two for a a show that I used to do with, with my friends, I and Eric called podcast without pretense. And we picked troll two because 
I had thought that I had not seen the whole thing. I thought I'd only watched a little bit of it. Um, and so the whole idea was that we were just going to see how long we could go watching bad movies with no distractions nearby. And the longer I went, the more I realized I had seen the entirety of troll (laughs) two. I just forgot that I had watched the whole thing before. And, uh, which was kind of a, it was not in the spirit of the experiment. Cause the whole idea was you were supposed to watch something new, but you were also supposed to get rid of any, like you weren't supposed to have your phone with you or your computer up. You weren't even supposed to talk to someone else in the room. You were just supposed to focus on the film and see how long you could go. And, um, yeah, but that was due to my terrible memory and the fact that that, that I think my brain was trying to preserve my sanity mm-hmm. by erasing that from my, but, yeah. I, but every time, every moment that went by, I thought, no, I've seen this sequence before. It must have been here where I stopped. And the next scene would start like, <laughs> nope, seen this one too. <laughs> Listen, we have a mutual friend who did that with Ant-Man and Wasp or Ant-Man, one of the two. Mm-hmm. She said, oh, I've never seen this. And we invited her pre-pandemic over to watch it. And then all the way through, she's like, I've seen up to this point. All the way through the entire movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, some movies, well, to be fair, like all the origin story movies of Marvel are the same film. So it's mm-hmm. easy to forget. But yeah, uh, I think I think uh, for me, a good bad movie in general and a good bad horror movie in particular, it needs to have some certain uh, qualities in order for it to qualify. And one of those is that it cannot be intentionally bad. The filmmaker like Sharknado, like Sharknado asylum films are terrible. Uh, those are films made by committee for the sole purpose of being cheap, knockoff, bad movies. And that's just so there's no, there's no fun to that. Like the fun part is watching someone who was creating something and they just, they just failed miserably. And it's not to make fun of the person, but rather to just, see the level of commitment that went into something that was a total misfire like that to me can be really entertaining, but it has to be, it has to be honestly gained. It has to be honestly bad as opposed to manufactured to be bad on purpose. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think for me, there are some movies that are are bad on purpose, like the FP that I think are really well done, but it has to have a level of buy-in from the actors where they are, are really committed to the story and the characters they're making, no matter how dumb it is. Yeah. And that's, that's what sells it for me. Well, and also those movies I think of as almost being more like parodies of a genre as opposed mm-hmm. to we're setting out to make a bad movie. So like the FP or turbo kid, um, those, those movies to me feel Ernest, like scared, stupid. I'm not going to put that one in there, but it feels like, it feels like those were were sincere efforts to do a spoof or parody on something almost like it's a loving homage to a genre of film that the filmmakers love, but they also mm-hmm. recognize how ridiculous and absurd those movies are and they're embracing it. That's not quite the same as sort of the cynical cash grab approach that yeah. Asylum typically goes after. Yeah. But I mean, like, it's it's a weird line to draw. But like, if you watch a lot of the um, like MST3K movies, which I would say largely fall into science fiction, a lot of them are kind of scarier science fiction. So could delve into horror. Again, those are so good because the actors are trying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Doesn't mean that they succeed, but they're trying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, well, in a moment, you're going to hear your beloved hosts try to mash up a couple of different properties. But before we get to that, let's take another break. 
This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Okay, so one of the two things we decided to use in our mashup uh, was the uh, this little film franchise uh, also has some like, you know, TV series and comic books and novels and video games and cartoons. You might have heard of it. Star Wars. Um, mm-hmm. we decided, I mean, we talked about it earlier earlier in the episode, right, so if with, you're paying attention. With Ahsoka and that whole thing, yeah. So we decided that we were going to take the Star Wars universe and mash that up. And because it is the end of Halloween, we wanted to mash it up with something scary. And Ariel suggested Scream. So we have 
mashed up Scream and Star Wars. Each of us have. And I, I should also add, just in case you're not familiar with Scream, that's a franchise that started off with the idea of uh, kind of deconstructing the slasher film genre, where the characters who are in the film are aware like the slasher films are a thing in that universe, right? Like a lot of the movies you watch characters are unaware of certain things. Like, like a lot of zombie movies, characters have never heard of zombies before. So they never call them zombies because in this world, apparently zombies are not a, a thing in pop culture. Well, just like that, you know, a lot of slasher films, no one knows about slasher movies. Scream's different. Slasher movies exist, and you even have a character who specifically lays out the rules of slasher films and how, uh, you know, how you can try to survive uh, a slasher film. So it, it, like I said, deconstructs them. And there are five of them. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, 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 the main character, or at least a, a primary character, is Sidney Prescott, who she was the, the final girl in the first film and has so far made it through all the others. Uh, uh, we assume that, well, we don't assume she may or may not make it through the next one, which is coming out soon. So uh, I think that's a good summary of scream. So Ariel, which of us would you like to go first? Um, I can go first, but I just want to say that this was not all of my brilliance that, um, I was inspired because Mike Flanagan, who did Midnight Mass and Dr. Sleep and all that, wants to do a horror Star Wars. Not that, you know, we didn't just get a scary Lego Star Wars show. Oh, or yeah, that it's there terrifying. haven't been books about it. Terrifying. But, I, but you know, it's not uncommon. Again, you know, there's nothing scarier than stepping on a piece of Lego. Yeah. Now, I will say that, that that's kind of interesting to think of a horror Star Wars simply because we've already we've had a heist Star Wars movie with mm -hmm. the, the Han Solo story. And we've had a Dirty Dozen style Star Wars movie with Rogue One. So I'm curious if we're going to get a Star Wars musical. Are we going to get like, <laughs> like, are we going to get every genre, a romantic comedy I Star mean, Wars? <laughs> I would love a Star Wars musical. There's there's a kind of like music-y episode of Star Wars Visions that I'm only partway through. Some people would say that the prequels to Star Wars are a horror um, well, and some would even say can extend that to the sequels. Yes. <laughs> Anyhow, I am not necessarily that person. So that being said, I'll go first. And this okay. is called in, in Scream, No One Can Hear You Space. <laughs> okay, wait. Before you start, kudos on the title. Thank you. Thank you. Um, this is because that's all I'm going to get kudos on this time. <laughs> Probably. All right. Someone we don't know or don't have time to care about gets murdered with cauterized wounds. And that's how this story begins. It's only the second time ever a murder has happened in this little town that I don't remember the name of. And the wounds are the same as the previous murder that happened in this little town. The wounds that belong to the previous murdered person, Sidney Prescott's mother. And so it gains media coverage. Next, we see Sidney Prescott, who is chilling at home when this happens, contemplating her mother's death, specifically wondering who in the world would be mean enough to name their child Cotton Weary. No wonder he ended up being a killer and killing her mother. And that's when Sydney gets a confusing phone call, a phone call that is only deep, creepy breathing. Sydney, a bit disarmed by this, checks her doors and windows and sees a tall, dark figure cloaked in black standing in the corner of a hallway in her home. 
As the figure pulls out a red laser sword and lunges toward her, she evades it, only to lose sight of where the intruder is. As she runs outside to get help, she runs into her boyfriend, who pulls out an inhaler and tells her it'll be okay. The inhaler sounds an awful lot like the creepy phone call, and she calls the cops on her boyfriend, and he is put in jail. The next day at school, Sydney has an uneasy feeling and finds it hard to concentrate on her classes. Thankfully, school gets canceled that same morning due due to the distraction of having a bunch of news crews in town because of a whole two murders. And as Sydney walks past the girl's restroom, she hears a noise that she thinks is that same creepy breathing. She enters the bathroom, protractor in hand to protect herself, only to see a malfunctioning toilet that won't stop flushing. As she shakes her head and exits the restroom, we see the tall, dark intruder exit a stall next to the malfunctioning toilet. And that's when we see it's Darth Vader. His shoulders shake as if he's laughing, and he exits to find and kill the principal of the school, now that the kids are gone. Sydney's boyfriend is now obviously not the killer, and so they let him out of jail, and the kids throw a party, because that's what you do when you're a grieving, creeped-out teenager. At the party, which the news is also at, because Sydney happens to be the daughter of the other murdered victim in town, the teenagers do what all teenagers do. They get drunk and they make out. Of course, some kids die and other kids run away screaming until we're left with only Sydney and her core group of friends. As the core group of friends all disperse through the house to find the killer, Sydney is left alone where she gets another phone call from the killer. And then she hears it, but not in the phone, the creepy breathing. She turns around and she sees Darth Vader in her home. And now she knows it must be her boyfriend or his bestie because they were both huge Star Wars nerds. But then she sees her boyfriend in his buddy dead next to Darth Vader. She tries to signal out the window to the news crews to get help, but they're dead on their van with smoking glowing holes through their chests. Darth Vader walks towards Sydney chuckling and he pulls out his lightsaber. She screams, who are you? What do you want? And Darth Vader pulls off his mask and it's Jar Jar Binks. He slices at Sydney and we cut to credits. You see, Sydney was the final distant relative of some Jedis born in a galaxy so long ago and far away that the world thought it was just a make-believe story. But Jar Jar Binks, it turns out, turned Sith and gained immortality, making it his life's mission to rid the universe of all traces of the Jedi that ruined his life and left him a homeless clown. Upon killing Sydney, he would fulfill his life's destiny and rule the galaxies forever. post credit scene, we see Jar Sith leaving and laughing. As he mounts his spaceship to go back to his base, we see Sydney's hand lying on the ground in her house. A finger twitches, and a knife starts inching towards it. Cut to black. So... I like that you uh, have incorporated the fan fiction of Sith Jar Jar. In yeah, yours. which is is a, a recent thing, right? Fairly recent, yes. All right. Well, before we get to Jonathan's brilliance, we need to take one more quick break. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. 
So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. I feel like uh, we have some some commonalities in our okay. stories, but um, but also uh, I want to make clear that um, I decided to do what I usually do, which is create an entire, a huge amount of setup. And then I ran out of time to actually have a movie in there. So here we I go. <clears throat> Mine is called Scream Wars. Sydney Prescott has a problem. After all the terrible events in Woodsboro, and then at Windsor College, and then in Hollywood, and then back in Woodsboro, and then in Woodsboro again, she has had enough. So she chose to travel far away from her hometown. Far, far away to another galaxy. And she must have time traveled because now she's in a place that was a long time ago. Well, that's not her problem. That's just the setup. See, she's decided to move from the furthest point of the, from the bright spot in the galaxy, the furthest point from it. It's a little desert planet called Tatooine. And she's working on the Lars household moisture farm. It's hard work, but it's satisfying. And most importantly, Sydney is far away from anyone she has ever known. But, but we still haven't gotten to her problem yet. So her problem is she needs to go to Tashi Station to pick up some power converters. But Luke, the nephew of Owen and Baru Lars, is like a total flake. 
He's proven to be completely unreliable, constantly gazing off into the middle distance and lamenting that the world of Tatooine is boring. I mean, it takes everything in Sydney not to grab Luke by the shoulders, shake him violently, and yell that boring is a good thing. Anyway, on the day that she's supposed to go get those power converters with Luke, he up and runs off with a couple of droids that Owen had recently purchased. Now, the mechanic droid was a real loss. Sydney could see a lot of potential in that R2 unit, but that protocol droid was a real pain in the patookas. Quite the chatterbox, <laughs> that one. But Luke's departure meant that the land speeder was gone, which left Sydney stranded on the moisture farm. Anyway, she goes off to do some work on, on the evaporators, you know, tending to them and repairing a damaged one, and she's like a good three-hour walk from the Lars household. When she comes back at the end of the day, she finds a terrible scene. The home has been burnt down and the Lars's family, I mean, they, they've been burnt to cinders and she spots a land speeder that's heading off in the distance. It's, it's Luke most likely, but he's well out of earshot at this point. And worst of all, in the sand, she sees a knife, a knife that looks like it didn't come from Tatooine or some spaceport, but from Earth. And then her communicator goes off. Luke? She says, hey, you need to swing back around and come get me. Do you like science fiction movies? Says a voice that's all too familiar on the other end of the communicator. You gotta be kidding me, says Sydney. I never kid, Sid. You should know that, says the voice. Look, you've never been the same person twice. So that kind of mind game just isn't going to work, creep. I mean, you're literally a different person in every movie. Sometimes you are two people. Sometimes it makes a little sense, but often it doesn't make any sense at all. So don't come at me with you. I know you Sid crap. I've heard it all before. Whoa, whoa, sorry. I'm new to this, says the voice. Well, of course you're new to this. I killed all the other ones. So <laughs> what? You got a death wish too? That why you want to follow me all the way to Tatooine? Huh? Come at me, bro, says Sid. So you're on Tatooine, says the voice. Good to know. And the communicator goes dead. Sid groans and throws the communicator across the burned out husk of the Lars home, skittering off a couple of skeletons along the way. And she grabs some stuff and starts trudging off into the distance, keeping an eye out for sand people. Once she sees the distant lights of Moss Eisley, she uses a flare, and before long, a traveler in a land speeder comes by and gives her a lift to the spaceport. Once there, she makes her way to a cantina to refresh herself. Turns out Luke was just there with some old guy, who apparently disarmed a creep, literally, and then made a deal with some nerf herder and his enormous teddy bear. But Sid has other things to worry about. Knowing she has to get off the planet now, because that ghost face guy, whomever he or she or they might be, is on to her. She starts searching around and eventually she finds a merchant who's willing to give her passage. And it's only going to take every credit she ever earned as a moisture farmer. But seeing she's out of options, she takes the merchant up on the offer. She travels with a group of folks all headed off world to various locations. There's an athletic young woman fresh off the pod racing circuit. There's a musician who just recently got kicked off the Moss Eisley Cantina band for not being alien enough. There's this weird kid who keeps talking about the rules of science fiction movies. It's an odd assortment of various character archetypes. And that immediately triggers Sydney's paranoia. She realizes she's in a ship 
filled with people who all fit certain character types. And sure enough, not long after taking off, Sidney finds the corpse of the musician. He's got a scorched slash across his chest. She calls the others to the scene of the crime, but of course, she's the one who found the body, so she's the one who comes under suspicion. And then we have this super tense sequence in which we see a killer in black chasing after the various people on the ship and knocking off one by one, but we're gonna skip all that because, I mean, come on, it's all stuff we've seen before, we know how a screen movie works. So we get down to Sid and, I don't know, maybe like four other people, because you gotta have some people there so you don't really know who Ghostface is. And then she comes into a confrontation with him. Hello, Sydney. And Sydney's eyes narrow and she draws a blaster, but suddenly Ghostface moves his hand and the blaster flies out of Sydney's grip and then Ghostface reaches up and removes the mask and we hear... <sighs> Darth Vader? Sydney asks. Yes, Sydney. It was I. Um... Why? Asks Sydney. Well... Your mom, Sydney. She was a total tramp. She seduced my dad, <laughs> and I have a lot of unresolved issues, and so I needed to take them out on you, says Vader. You you don't have a dad, says Sydney. That's a mean thing to say, says Vader. <laughs> no, I mean, you literally don't have a dad. You were conceived by the Force. Remember, we found that out in episode one. It was dumb. <laughs> it was awful. But it happened. It's canon. La 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 la. I'm not listening, says Vader. But by then, Sydney has made her way to a big lever that says garbage dump. And before Vader can do anything, she pulls the lever that shoots Vader out into space. And then she turns to the pilot and says, all right, that's it. I'm done. I don't want to be anywhere in this galaxy. Set a course to Arrakis. Then we get the end theme. The end. For those who don't know, Arrakis is in Dune. Um also I really like your sound effect for Fraser fur candle, Jonathan. Yeah, thank you. Uh I used a Fraser fur candle uh uh can. Tari's gonna hate me because she's gonna say, you know, I could have just Lay, overlaid a digital effect on your voice. There was no need for you to actually do that. And I'm going to say, yes, I do know that. <laughs> Cause she's awesome. But uh, so are you, Jonathan. Thank um, you. So that's all we have for you today. If you've got <laughs> ideas of. <laughs> I like, I like, no, I, like I really no, liked it. <laughs> there's really nowhere to go after that. You gotta, well, again, um, like, like I, I skipped loved, all I the murder her. parts. <laughs> Listen, I do the same thing. It's so much easier to write, write the beginning and the end than the middle. Um, yeah. Unlike well, Marvel where they write a good beginning middle and then there's. Yeah. The ending is a mess. Cookie cutter end. Um, but I, I did. I really enjoyed it. That was quite fun and dissimilar enough. Yes. So, yeah, if you guys enjoyed these mashups and maybe have an idea of how you would mash up Star Wars and Scream, like, is Amidala a ghost face? Um, she's certainly pale enough. Um, <laughs> then write us and tell us. How can they do that, Jonathan? Well, they can do it uh, by sending us an email. We love getting those emails. The email address for the show is lnc at iheartmedia.com. Or if what you have to say is succinct, you might want to just drop us a line on social media. So at Twitter, we are LNC underscore podcast. And on Facebook and Instagram, we are Large Nerdron Collider. 
Yes, we would love to hear from you. Anything you think about the topics we talked about or topics you'd like us to cover in the future or just your opinions in general. Um, we love hearing from you. Yeah. And by oh. the way, if if any of you out there did like super nerdy, awesome, geeky Halloween costumes, we would love to see them. Yes, please share them with us. Uh, and also share our episode with your friends if you like it. And like and subscribe and leave a review. All of that is super helpful. But mainly your costumes. And one other, I'm going to plug one other thing, Ariel. And that is, Ooh, yes. well, two things. I'm going to plug two things. Thing number one is that today, as this episode comes out, uh, my episode of 13 Days of Halloween goes live. So 13 Days of Halloween is a horror anthology series. There is a narrative that goes throughout the entire series. My episode is episode 10. So you could go back, listen to all of them. I recommend doing it. They're fun, creepy ghost stories. Uh, makes me think of like the kind of ghost stories you would tell around the, a campfire, that kind of thing. Uh, and it's done in 3D audio. So you need to listen with like headphones on and it's really effective stuff that way. Uh, and it was a blast. I, I, it was a, a real pleasure to be part of that show. So that episode is up now. You should check that out. And the second thing I want to plug is my little baby sister. Who's just two Ooh, years. Yes. She's just two years younger than I am. But um, she is one of the puppeteers who puppets a character in the latest episode of Doom Patrol. So if you're watching Doom Patrol and you see the puppets in the most recent episode, the one that goes live today, then that's one of those is, is controlled by my sister. And I'm just so proud of her. So I wanted to just give a shout out to Amy. It's super awesome. You are awesome, Amy. Uh, well, that wraps it up. Until next time, I have been Ariel... Uh, first to die in the movie casting. I have been Jonathan Kit Kat Strickland. Large Nerdron Collider is a production of iHeartRadio and was created by Ariel Kasten. Jonathan Strickland is the executive producer. This show is produced, edited, and published by Tari Harrison. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. There are choices that can change your life. Like the choice to start routine colorectal cancer screening at age 45. It's one of the most common cancers for women and men, and it doesn't always have symptoms. But there's good news. Routine screening can catch colorectal cancer early and even prevent it. And there's even better news. You have screening options. Make the choice to put your health first. Talk to your doctor about your screening options. Or visit cdc.gov screenforlife for more information.
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. So, should we go electric? I think we should go electrified with Toyota. Electrified? Electrified means options. Yes, we could go all electric with a Toyota BZ4X, but then there are hybrids like Grand Highlander. Or we could do something in between like a RAV4 plug-in hybrid. So, Toyota is electrified diversified? Yep, and with more options for reducing carbon emissions, the closer we all get to Toyota's beyond zero vision for the future. Exactly how much coffee have you had this morning? Learn more about our beyond zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyond zero.